Okay, Lou, I think it's because uh, I'm sharing screen. Let me stop sharing screen. Then, oh, okay, uh, okay. Then I'm going to spotlight your video. Okay. Oh, now I can see myself. I can see myself now. I can see myself. Awesome. I was like, why? Why did a guy, you know, make sure, make sure I, I couldn't see myself? <laughs> All right. Um, so let me just make sure that we are live so that... Um, <sighs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Quickly check your fine boyness. You know, about to go. Yeah, live. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get it, right? <laughs> I, I, you yeah. gotta look good at all times, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have just one minute. We're gonna count down and then I'm gonna do a quick introduction. Then we'll jump right into the conversation. Okay. Don't worry. All the makeup, everything is checked. Don't worry, you're fresh. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> you got that with Fanta. Okay, okay. Um, let me just. Uh, okay, so it's two p.m. So we can just go live. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to today's session of the forum on the venture. And today we'll be asking you tough questions. Um, about the tough realities that um, tough people have been able to overcome, um, especially as relates to propositions in the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa project, right? And today we have Chidi Nwagu, who is by um, virtue of the publications, who we call a groundbreaker, right? He's one of those people that um, even though the undergraduate community environment wasn't an enabling one, has been able to scale um, that environment to still be able to create economic value. So we're going to be having four series of conversations over this one hour period with Chidi. Um, and he's going to give us practical insights and share his story with, with us. You know, our first motive is towards always change and challenge the narrative, right? Then we can get into strategic insights and actionable plans on how we can also replicate the same results that he has been able to have. So welcome Chidi to the venture how you feeling man how you feeling how you feeling how you feeling oh i have to unmute you yes okay <laughs> awesome awesome yeah how you doing Tony? it's I'm been good. quite a while i know right yeah. <laughs> it's so good to reconnect with you um over this conversation so um, we're going to jump right into it. So um, as I told you, we're going to have four series of conversations. And the first is just going to be a trivia, right? Um, we just want to establish um, the narrative. We just want to establish that human connection so that we can know who Chidi is, aside from all who we know him on Google or on uh, LinkedIn or Instagram, right? So um, where are you calling in from, first of all? Me? Uh, I'm calling yeah. from Lagos. Yay, yay, okay, amazing. Okay, so let's jump right into the conversation. Um, in the article, we talked about, um, series two talks about, number one, it talks about the first wave. That was a major idea we talked about. Then we talked about the eight stages of development, um, talking about groundbreakers, um, the opportunity stage, um, the awakening of communities, and then the, the creation of an enabling environment, right? Then we also spoke about, um, actions right on how we can create an environment so first thing we want to ask is how was the building like you know how was building solution what what was your first wave yeah that's the first question so what was the first wave experience for you in uh, as an undergraduate what was that major event that triggered your your yeah, that triggered your journey as a creator of economic value well um before we started, uh, so you know I have a twin brother, so we always do almost everything together. So before we started, uh, before we actually became undergraduates at the University of Lagos, we had already started something already in the past. We had the video game development company where we, uh, where we designed um, video games and, uh, and distributed them online. But then, you know, it was not converting to money, so we decided to discontinue and go into something else. Uh, and then we got into the University of Lagos. Uh, as every other, every other undergraduate, we wanted to just focus on school and, you know, graduate from school and then, you know, come out with a good grade and, you know, go into the labor force. But then we met this roommate of ours and he wanted to create a dating website. So he wanted to create a platform where people can come together and, you know, man, woman date. And my twin brother overheard him, you know, talking to somebody about, about creating something like that. 
And you know, in the conversation, he was saying that I want to do something like this, but I don't know who's going to develop it for me. And my team was like, we can actually do this for him, you know. So he reached out to my roommate and said, I think I can, we, me and my team can do this for you. Uh, we, but we don't want money. We want equity in the company. And he, he agreed. And we started how, as how we said entrepreneurship at, you know, at University of Lagos. Uh, I think about one month down the line, uh, the, my roommate, the roommate wanted to own the entire company, you know. So he had to, he said to us, okay, I'm going to give you guys a few money. You're going to leave. And I'm, I'm going to own the company to, to, you know, to myself. And um, at the end of the, the day, he gave us some money. And we said to ourselves, uh, are we going to spend this money on buying a new phone? Or are we going to start something of our own? And so we said, why don't you start something of our own? So we kept the money aside and just kept, you know, kept thinking about that big idea that we're going to have to be able to do something. And uh, there was this day we met someone. We were walking to the, to, to the faculty and we met this. We didn't meet her, actually. She was just pass, you know, passing by. And there was a debate between my twin brother and I that, okay, what faculty does this girl belong to? Because I was like, she's, she's not science because she looks very flashy. And my twin was like, flashy, uh, science students can still dress flashy. And so we said, if there was like a social network for University of Lagos students, maybe we might find out if we run through the database, you know, the photo and we go run through the database. And that was when the idea, you know, to create Lagbook, a social network for University of Lagos students came about. And we, under like, a couple of hours, a couple of days of coding, we, you know, we launched the social network. Now it was, how can we get students of University of Lagos on it? That was the next thing. And that's one of the most, you know, the, the most important, like I said, the most import, uh, important challenge that every entrepreneur have. You build something amazing, how can you get people to use it? And since we understood who our target customers are, you know, our target customers were University of Lagos students. So we said to ourselves, you know, where do University of Lagos students, you know, where do they go to every day to access the internet? And, you know, this was in 2009. So back then, people did not really access the internet on their mobile phones. So, you know, smartphones was not that rampant. I think it was, we had Blackberry then, and Blackberry was expensive then for many people. And, you know, the data was so high. So people had to go to the cyber cafe. So we had to, you know, spot out the two, you know, the two most, uh, the most, the two most busy, you know, busy cyber cafe in, 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 on campus. And then we, we reached out to them and said, you guys don't have a website. We want to build a website for you guys, but at no charge. Then they were like, what's the catch? We we're like, the catch is that on the, on the browsers of your, of, your, of your computers in your server cafe, you're going to put our, our website, lagbook.com, as the homepage. So that once people open the browser, if they do not navigate quickly to a different, uh, or put a diff a, a, an address, you know, a, a website on the address bar, they defaultly see Lagbook. And they were like, okay. And we did that. Uh, we did the website for them. And under two weeks, we had over 3,000 students you know, signed on, on the platform. And we, I think almost everybody in school was on the platform. Everybody, like, you know, everybody was Lagbook, 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 you know. And most people did not even know we were the ones who, did, who, who designed it. And so it was so wow. cool when we go out and we hear people say, Wow, are you on Lagbook? Are you on Lagbook? And then we're like, wow, it's something we created. They have no idea we are even the person that created it. Hmm. And it got to a point we had we had thirty thousand students on the, on the site, and we said uh, we were no longer growing because almost everybody who almost every last student at that moment was already on Lagbook. Even alumni were on were already on Lagbook. So we could not grow because we have already like we've reached full capacity. And so we said to ourselves, okay. If we want to grow, then we have to, you know, not we, we don't have to be a lag book thing anymore, a unilag thing anymore. We need to expand. And that was when we said to ourselves, okay, if you no know, lag book actually meant unilag book. So what will lag book mean if we decide to expand? Are we going to keep the name or are we going to change the name? We said, okay, we've built so much on the name and the brand. Why don't we keep the name and try to uh, kind of reorganize everything? And then we made lag book. So lag now became a, a, an acronym. And so it meant ladies and gentlemen book. And so we launched it again as that. And it's, it began growing again. And we had uh, about 70,000 users you know, in the first year, and then 130,000 users you know, the, the second year. And in the third year, we had a million registered users. And wow. So the, the, the thing that we did in Logbook was that we knew that we did not have so much money. So we had to focus more on building relationships with people. We were, just, mm. we were just students and we, we couldn't build a company basically on allowance because we couldn't just mm. go tell our dad and our mom that we have a social network like book. So, you know, and we want you to invest in it. And 
because they were being so concerned that I sent you to school and you're building a company, you know. So we said, okay, we are going to find a way to promote this company on our own. So we kept, we kept making relationships. So there was this guy in, in Unilag, he was the president of, of mass communication in the department, and he wrote for Vanguard. So I reached out wow. to him and said, hello. So I, I, that's what I keep telling most student entrepreneurs, do not, don't be proud. Reach out to people, let them know that you need their help. Don't be vulnerable mm. and don't act, don't act like you're too smart. You know, be open, be open, open, you know, be vulnerable because at the end of the day, nobody wants, nobody cares how you made it. They just, all they know is that you did it. You know, you, yeah, if you had to beg to get, mm. yeah, if you had to beg to get the publicity, it doesn't matter. The question is that, did you get the publicity? Yes, you did. So we reached out to him and said, hello, uh, we want to, you know, you to cover our story. And he said, why? We said, it's, it's amazing. We are doing something amazing. And we had to pitch our story to him. And then he said, okay, come to my hostel. I'll cover your story. And before we knew, we were already on Vanguard again, you know, and that's, I think overnight we had 1,500 uh, people sign up to Lagbook overnight. Like we slept and we woke up the next day and we had over 1,500 uh, new signups. But that was not wow. all. We, we wanted to keep, you know, making uh, journalist friends. So as an entrepreneur, always understand that the media is your friend. You know, try and reach out to these people. We met another guy called David Benere. We had to reach out to him and say, David, uh, you know, we uh, we want you to talk about, you know, we want you to tell our story. We, you know, it's amazing, and we want you, you know, we want to, you know, we want the world to know about it. And so he also wrote about us. Uh, Victor wrote about us. It's all these people wrote about us, and we didn't pay a single dime. All we had to just do was just reach out to them and tell them about our story. Make them, you know, make them connected to it emotionally, and then make them want to write about us. And, you know, eventually, um, during our final year, because we started Love Book when we were during our first year in school, during our final year, uh, my twin brother told me, actually, I think we've gotten to a point where we can sell this company. Why don't, you know, why don't we try and get this company acquired? And so we tried to reach out to a couple of buyers. And then um, a Canadian tech company uh, called Gulf Bell Limited, uh, headed by Sid and Goran, he said to us, I'd like to buy your company. And he gave us he gave us an offer. We accepted, and then uh, that's how we got our first acquisition. So uh, mm. after that, you know, we said to ourselves, okay, we are graduating from school with uh, with so much money. So what are we going to do with it? Are we going to spend you know the money you know looking fly, or are we going to go back in, into creating another company? And so we decided to you know create another company, and then we did, and. Uh, that one, you know, got sold. Uh, it got sold for four times the price of Lagbook, and it, so, it got sold within four months. And that was when we decided to take a break from uh, software entrepreneurship. I went into writing. Chica went into uh, music. We discovered that the creative industry had, uh, um, like, was not properly uh, organized in Africa, and so we created Publisher, which is our, per our present company. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Um... Sorry, I think we have we have spammers, so I'm going to try to um, you know remove them. So we're just going to pause for a while. Um, okay, trying to see. Uh, thank God I had them muted and all. Now they've been a problem. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else is here? Because we wanted to, wanted this to be accessible for everyone. Of course, we're sure that um, spammers would would do this. So we're trying to see. Okay, I think I think I think it's cleared now. All right, thank you so much for that, Chidi. Sorry about the distraction. Um, yeah, so. It was, it was really amazing listening to your story. And I like that you really highlighted the space for collaboration. And you know um, that's what makes the student community really amazing, right? That we can easily reach out to people and you know, collaborate and then share resources, right? So I, as I said, about the first wave, um, can you remember any major events that happened on campus within the in campus environment, right? Maybe a political um, um, happenstance or um, maybe some some health challenge that made everybody become awake, um, awake to a need to create or something. Can you remember any time like that? 
Well, I, I don't think I can remember uh, a situation like that uh, in on campus. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I can remember a situation. Uh, I said maybe I'm not getting the question properly. Uh, maybe I said you have to rephrase the question so I get exactly what you mean. Okay, so in the article we talk about the first wave, right? The first wave okay. it relates to um, a situation, an event that triggers people to start asking questions. You know, asking questions of oh, why are things this way? Why can't we? You know begin to create or provide solutions to these problems that we can see in either their host environment or their local environment, right? So if, is there any of such events that happened in Unilag at the time? Or yours, your entrepreneurship journey just started because, you know, you just saw an opportunity and then you latched onto it? Yeah, so it, I, it, I think for us, it was just an organic thing. We did not, there was no event that really happened to make us, because like I told you, we started entrepreneurship even before we got into the University of Lagos. But, you know, it was just, uh, like I said, the, the most thing that brought us into entrepreneurship back again was when my twin brother, you know, overheard someone saying, I want to create a dating website. And he said, okay, I want to help. I want to be part of this. And then, you know, we got, we got bought off. And then instead of having to spend the money on nothing, we decided to go back into entrepreneurship. Yeah, but we, um, we've had our own challenges so far with, with Lagbook. Uh, maybe so I, because, you know, the way I explained it, maybe people might think that Lagbook was just a completely rosy story. But we had so much uh, down parts, and I would, I would, I'll highlight them quickly. So uh, when we were, uh, we, we, we had 30,000 students, students on Unilag, we wanted to migrate from, our, from the old platform to a different platform because we mm. discovered that the, the other platform could not accommodate people. So we wanted to move to a different platform. While doing that migration, we lost all the email, all the passwords of people. And so wow. <laughs> people could not log in anymore. And so we had to reach out to them one after the other over a very long period of time, letting, you know, trying to get them to come back to Lagbook. It was so difficult for us because we, we lost so much traffic, but then we, it made us understand that uh, don't act like you're too popular. You know, don't feel like, mm. you know, sometimes some things happen so that you can let go of bad things. You no, know, you can let go of good things so you can have better things. So, you know, awesome. when that happened to us, we felt bad that we lost so much traffic. But it was just building us for what was ahead of you know ahead of us, and then we even discovered that we even had more, even much more traffic in in the, in, in the future and more registration in the future. So yeah, yeah. We, we had our own ups and uh, and downs here with uh, with Lightbox. Awesome. So that even that inspires the next question because um, you know the first session was supposed to be a trivia to just you know get the narrative, get the back end story. We used up our first fifteen minutes, but story is really interesting that I, I need to still ask one more question right so what are the values what are the personal values that have defined you and your experience building all of these solutions while you were an undergraduate what were the values that defined that narrative that you just shared with us well as as a person there's only one thing i noticed, I noticed about myself i do not say i tried like the word i tried does not exist to me so uh, the words i tried don't exist to me so i i, I think while i was growing up I had an uncle who said something to me. He said, never use the word I tried. It does not exist. You know, keep trying mm. until you get it right. And mm. I, you know, that made, that's, that stuck with me while I was growing. You know, it makes me, made me understand that sometimes you don't have to do things once or twice. People might have to do it mm. once and get it right, but you might not have to mm. do it once. But it does not mean that you are less brilliant or you're not good enough. It means that mm. maybe what is ahead of you is much, much, you know, bigger. And so I always keep trying as, hard, as much as possible to get something right. And, um, and another thing that usually, I think that helped me while as an, I was a student entrepreneur was that I never dwell on my glory. Like I never dwell on past glory. I do something nice. amazing today. I forget about it. And then I try to do something else again the next day. I'm always, I'm always asking myself questions like, what next? What's the next big thing? What, what am I going to do today? That, you know, like, what great, great thing am I going to do today? You know, the moment you begin to dwell on what you've done before, you realize that slowly you become obsolete. People, you know, come over and replace you. You don't want to be that person that tells people that, do you remember me? I used to be that popular guy in 2015. You know, because then, you know, like for example, we, we all know that in 2009, Nice was, was the number one musician in Nigeria, but now he's nowhere to be found, you know? And that was because he did not keep, you know, innovating, he did not keep getting better. But there are some musicians that got better and, that were, and that became consistent, like P-Square, you know, it's like, or, or two-faced, they are always relevant because every day they are always working hard to stay at, you know, at the top of the game. And that's, what I, that's what I always do to myself. No matter what I achieve today, I forget it. In, in, I, just, I celebrate 
instantly and I forget about it and I try to do something else, you know, in the, you know, the, the next minute. And that's why when people tell me, Chidi, you're always doing something, you're always doing something today, you do this, tomorrow you do that. I'm always tired of saying congratulations. And I'm like, yeah, because mm -hmm. I'm always having to tell myself what's next. I don't you know, I do something today, I get an award today, I get a prize today, it's, I forget about it. Instantly, I, 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 do, I start working again like I've never even seen any, 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 uh, any atom of success in my life. I keep working like nice. I'm hungry for more. Nice. And so I, I, that's what all the things that keep, that keep me going. And, you know, cause, like they say, consistency is key. You know, the moment you keep working, the moment you, st you stay consistent, you know, people don't forget yeah. about you. You know, people always know that, okay, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. GD will do something else. And then, you know, you'll be everywhere again. And I'm always like, okay, you guys don't worry. I'm going to, I'm not going to disappoint you guys. I'm, I'll keep doing things. The moment I stop doing things is the moment I die, obviously, because I, I'm the kind of person that I keep working hard. I don't care about what I've done in the past. I keep working hard to make sure I get something, you know, I do something else, I, you know, something more today, rather. Wow, amazing, amazing first, first uh, set of conversations. Thank you so much for being open with your story. It has been really amazing listening to it, right? So we're going to jump right into the second section, which is the discourse, right? So now, the undergraduate community right now doesn't enable people to create, right? What do you think are the biggest challenges that will be faced by students who are trying to solve problems that they can see every day? What are the challenges you faced and what do you think generally, you know, since you're very exposed to this, um, to this audience, right? What do you think are the biggest challenges and how do you think we can overcome them? in this undergraduate I, I, I think that the biggest challenges that student entrepreneurs face are themselves. And I, you know, mm. people would say, people would expect me to say finance and I would say, no, I beg to differ. And I, I believe that if you want to do something, there is no excuse big enough to, you know, to stop you from doing it. And, you know, most people, when I speak to them, I'm like, what do you want to do? They say, I want to do this. And what's stopping you from doing it? Money. I immediately, I hear that I disengage from the conversation. I don't know why. It's like, I'm no longer understanding what you're saying. And the reason why I do that is because I know how I started. I started with, you know, very little, little or nothing. Because I, I believe something that anything small, anything big can be small and anything small can be big. For example, uh, we have Ferrari, big, big cars. We have toy cars. We have miniature, you know, cars for kids. That means that whatever is small can be big. Before, uh, before a building is, you know, is, is, or a skyscraper is built, it's first exists in the mind of somebody. Then it's, transferred to a paper, which then is transferred to a, a miniature prototype and then to a house. That means that there's stages in, 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 in the growth of, what, you know, of anything. And so if you are an entrepreneur, you have the vision in your mind. Do not start. Don't think that you're going to start with whatever you have in your mind. And that's one of, that's why I say that the most, the, the most challenges that most entrepreneurs have or senior entrepreneurs have is themselves. It's because they are always trying to start with the big vision. No, you can have the big vision in your head but you can start small, right? Mm -hmm. For example, uh, I, usually, I usually use as a, as, a, as a good example, Amazon started as a bookseller. Yeah. But he knew that eventually he's going to become, he's going to start selling the other things. store, yeah. Yeah, he's going to sell electronics, you know, games, music, but he started off as a bookseller because he knew that that's, that's the easiest thing to do at the moment. And then he gets, he gains momentum and then he, you know, he, you know, grows, you know. And so most student entrepreneurs always want to be that person that, I, you know, they will have an idea in their mind, so they want to create that amazing thing instantly. No, it doesn't happen that way. You create what, you know, whatever how small, no matter how small it is, you create it. That's what they call MVP, minimum viable product. That leads to that the, the earliest version of your product, and then you walk mm -hmm. your way up. You can first start if you're create, creating a tech product. You can first start by building a very very basic form of your product and put it on the free hosting platform or a very cheap hosting platform. The moment you start gaining traction and you start getting some revenue, you can start moving, you can start adding more features and then moving into some dedicated servers. So you realize that the most problems that entrepreneurs have is themselves. You know, they always believe that I need money. I need money to do this. I need money to do that. You know, I, I, I don't agree that because if you want to sell 5,000 pens, you can, and you want, you believe that if I sell 5,000 pens, I'm going to make money. I'm going to make a lot of money. Then I believe that you, if you sell one, you can make money too, right? It's, it's just, you can prove to me that okay, five thousand pens can make can set, you know can make you a lot of money by showing me what one pen can help you know can do for you, like you know yeah. like I don't want to be too religious, but in the Bible they said there's a part in the Bible that said that you know that uh, uh, I think it's, it's, it's about the talents you know 
about the yeah. servants that were giving more talent but didn't do anything with it. And then the other one was giving very little and then he did a lot and then he was giving more talent, you know. So, you know, so, you, know, so you have to be given, you know, it's what you do with, what, what, with the little that you have that tells people what you're going to do with more. And so I always believe that, you know, if you want to start something, start right now, start with what you know, what you have, and with all the passion in the world, and eventually you figure things out. Wow, amazing, amazing to learn that, right? But that begs another question, right? Based on what you've said, it seems like um, if the students are one of the biggest challenges that they will face, right? Do you think that the undergraduate community provides the best environment for someone to start to, you know, explore value creation? Because, you know, when you have a lot of, when you have conversation with investors and you ask them, oh, why don't you invest in people creating solutions right from the university, right? They always have, you know, they're always very skeptical. So what, what is your take? Because you started building while you were in, uh, you know, where you are an undergraduate, right? So why, why do you think that is the case? Do you think that environment actually is, is a good place for national development, right? From value creation. See, for me, I, I, I don't know why. I do not always, I do not, I don't, whenever I'm thinking about things, I don't think about field system or field government or field uh, infrastructure. I always, because... Um, we are entrepreneurs. It's our job to fix. It's not our job to complain about whatever we see. It's our job when we see things, we fix it. You know, when awesome. you entrepreneurs, when, when entrepreneurs see problems, they don't complain about them. Rather, they, they offer solution. So if you're if you're a student and you want to create something while in university, complaining about you know lack of opportunity, lack, lack of infrastructure, people, you know, lack of, of funding, is it's just a, a sign that you're not an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs do not complain. It's, awesome. it's when, when people see problems, entrepreneurs see opportunities because yeah. let's face facts. Okay. If you're trying to create, you know, if you're trying to pitch your problem, your, your, your company to work, to any investor, the first slide you start with is your problem statement, right? So that means that before a company can, that create value can make money, they should be solving a problem. A problem and so yes. as an entrepreneur, when you see a problem in whatever, in whatever situation you find yourself, when you see a problem, it should make you excited because that means that it's an opportunity for you to solve that problem. Right. So when you begin to tell me uh, the Nigerian uh, educational system does not help, does not pass of, you know, help uh, uh, entrepreneurs or student entrepreneurs, then I say that those student entrepreneurs are not entrepreneurs in the first place, because if they're entrepreneurs, they'll find a way out. They'll find a way through. Entrepreneurs do not, you know, they don't. That, it's just like uh, I usually tell people that entrepreneurs are like military people. They, the way they think is beyond the way normal people would think. You know, military people, uh, we, we find them going to war. You know, you, you sign up for, you know, for, to, to join the military, knowing that if you go to war, you might die, but you still do it regardless. That's how entrepreneurs are. You know, they, they start businesses knowing fully well that they're going to spend so much money, so much time, so much effort, and they, are st they might still fail, but they still do it regardless, you know. So entrepreneurs are, are people that take risks. They are bold people. They are, risk, they are ch game changers. They change, you know, they are uh, agents of change. They do not complain. And so... I wouldn't say that, the, you know, if investors don't, investors, I don't think investors say, oh, I don't want to invest in a student. No, investors are always asking themselves, what, 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 what makes you special? What makes your team special? Awesome. What makes you awesome. You know, mm. and so you need to explain that to an investor. Oh, our team, the reason why we are better is because, oh, we are this with that. We've worked, we've, we've known each other for five years. We've worked on different projects. We've, we've achieved certain, certain traction. And so we understand, we understand what it takes to become, you know, to do this. And so it's your mm. job as, as an entrepreneur to convince investors, because I don't think even, I don't even think that students entrepreneurs are the only ones that have problems with getting investors. Even entrepreneurs that have graduated still have problems mm. getting investors. Mm. Mm. Entrepreneurs, uh, investors are very simple people. They only want two things from you. They want you to be able to prove to them how you're going to get from point A to point B. How you're going to get from awesome. where you are right now to, to profitability. Once you can show yeah. that to an investor, trust me, they will throw their money at you. They, they, are, they, are, they are investors for a reason. They want to make money. So they're they are not keeping their money to themselves. They want to throw their money at the right startups. So as an, mm. entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, it's your job to convince an investor that you are the right person. It's just like marriage. When you meet a girl and you say to her, you know, you're trying to get her to marry you. It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, you have to, whoever, can, whoever that can convince her the most, just, you know, you know, becomes a husband, right? The same thing with, mm. with, with, with investors. The, who can, whoever can convince the investor the most gets the money, right? So mm. you, it's your job to be able to tell your story and convince them just the same way you convince your wife that doesn't know you from anywhere that you're the right person to get married to. So it's, it's as simple as that. It's your job as, as an entrepreneur to, 
to do whatever you have to do to be, you know, to become who, whoever you, you know, you, who you want to be. Nobody will give it to you, and nobody owes you anything. That's the fact. I, I keep telling people, as an entrepreneur, nobody owes you anything. In fact, America was built by people who didn't think about what the government or what the, what their country would do for them. But they were constantly asking themselves, "What can I do for my people? What can I do for my country?" Mm. And so, mm. once Nigerians, once we begin to understand that nobody owes us anything, it's our job to fix things. It's our job to change the yeah. narrative. Then yeah. Nigeria will begin to change because we're not waiting for uh, uh, the, the the government is so bad, Nigeria is so bad, the roads are so bad. This, uh, you know, these were all the problems of every developing nation. Singapore mm. was a de- developing nation. China was once a developing mm. nation. But there are people sat down and said to themselves, we want to fix things. So it's our job to, to, to tell ourselves, it, we ha- when you wake up in the morning, what can I offer to Nigeria? What, how can I you know, help Nigeria? You know, how can I make this country a better place? The moment you start mm. waiting for the government to change something for you, you are the problem then. You are one of the problems of the, of the country then. Wow, very, very bold statement to make. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, one more question for this, for, this, for this session is, you talked about change, about leading change, right? Um, okay, I think let's just jump right into the next conversation, which is about you know a strategy session. So I talk about practical stuff now, enough narratives, enough stories, right? So for us to build solutions within these and undergraduate communities to affect our local communities, we need to always talk about sustainability, uh, profitability. We have to generate revenue, right? So how do we identify the problems that? are what investing our efforts in you understand you know there's this dilemma about creating where you create where there's no market or there's a market you're not able to create for right so how do we identify the the, the problems right that we can easily um, invest our efforts and time into and so before you answer that right um most people on this call might be asking like uh, like this is supposed to be um, a conversation about social entrepreneurship you know bridging social and entrepreneurship why are we bringing a core entrepreneur like um, Chidi. And one thing that, if you've not been observant, is that Chidi is here to actually give you the entrepreneurship in social entrepreneurship. So you need to understand entrepreneurship before you can properly maximize the social cause that you're trying to tackle, right? Because the only difference is just business models, right? So I just needed to quickly establish that. So back to you, Chidi, how do we know which problems, because if it's about problems, problems, problems plenty, there are a lot of problems. So how do we identify the the problems worth chasing? Yeah, it's, uh, this is a, it's an excellent question. And I love talking about this kind of question because uh, people end up building product that people don't want. And so I think I can spend about five minutes talking about this. Uh, so if you want to know if, you're, if the problem that you're building or you're, you're trying to solve is worth solving, so many things you have to, you have to think about. And the first one you have, you have to ask yourself is, is there a current hack? And when I say is there a current hack, current hack is how are people currently solving that problem? So if the, pro- if the problem exists, trust me, people will find a way around it. People will find a way to solve it. Now, the way that they are currently solving it might be a nightmare to them. It might be very time consuming. It might be expensive. It might be inaccurate. It's your job now to provide them a better solution. Now, if people don't have a current hack or a current way to solve this problem, that means that problem does not exist. It only exists in your mind. And so I keep telling people that whenever you identify a problem, ask people, how do you currently solve this problem? And if they say, I, I don't think I, 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 solved, I, I have a solution yet, that means the problem is not big enough for them to find that solution. And another thing for you to know if a problem really exists is that you think about the market in which the problem exists. So for example, how big is this market? Is the market up to a billion dollars? Now, if it is up to a billion dollars, that means it's a big enough market. That means there's opportunities in the market. Now ask yourself questions like, how has this market grown over time? Now, let me explain to you. You know, people don't understand. People can say, ah, my market is still growing. No, it might be growing but dying. And I'll explain to you how something can grow but, but die at the same time. So in 2015 to 2017, your market or the industry in which you're, 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 you're trying to get into grew by from 1 billion to 2 billion. Then in 2017 to 2020, it grew by 500 million. It's still growing. However, if you notice it, the growth is now dropping. That means that eventually it's going, to, it's going to drop and drop and drop until it stops growing and now it starts dying. And that means you are in a dying market. So always ask yourself a question. Don't, don't think about if it's growing. Ask yourself, is it growing? In a, is it accelerating? Is the growth accelerated? If it's accelerating, that means you have so much opportunity. You know? And so that means the, 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 the problem is, there, is going to be there forever. 
Now, there are two ways in which you can solve a problem. You can solve a problem by either taking away the, the causes of the problem or reducing the, the impact of the problem on the lives of people. So now, for example, let me explain to you what, what I mean. So if the problem is naturally occurring, that means you cannot change it. The problem exists in nature. That means only what you can do is by helping to reduce the effect of that problem on the lives of people around you. But if the problem is man cost, then you can stop the problem by reducing, by removing the factor or stopping that factor from happening. And so there are so many ways in which you can solve a problem. But the first thing you should focus on when you're trying to solve a problem is to find out how the, pro you know, how the problem or the factors causing the problem. And most importantly, if this problem have a, currently, a current solution, and how terrible is this solution? Ask people, uh, so how does this problem make you feel? The solution you currently have now, you know, how do you, what, what do you think about it? If they say, I think the solution is okay, run away from that problem. That problem does not exist. It, 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 the problem has been solved adequately rather. Because when they say, um, I think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm living good with you. That means that people have found a way around it. The kind of problem you solve are, are problems that people say, I am tired of this problem. And always try to look for problems that exist more than that are not seasonal. So they exist, they are recurring over and over again in, in the lives of people almost every day. Now, ask yourself a question. The product I'm building, is it a must have or a good to have? Now, let me explain to you the difference between a must have and a good to have product. A must have product is a product that people cannot do without. It's solving a need. Now, there's, when I say need, things that people cannot do without. Are you offering food to people? at a reduced price, but quality food is solving a need because people definitely have to eat to survive. But are you solving a good to have a problem or are you, do you have a good to have product? Product that people can do without. For example, uh, a good to have product might be, um, maybe I want internet, but now I want faster internet. You know, that's a good to have pro uh, a product because you're just giving them better internet. And uh, you, whenever you're having, a, if, you're, if you have a good to have product, make sure that you have so much money to push it. Because the only product that you can actually push without so much money is a must have product. And that's the product that, you know, that people are looking for. They are, they are, you know, they are tired of what, what's, what's going on and so they want it. And so you know, it's a must have product. And I always say, do not be, don't be a vitamin in the midst of painkillers. Because painkillers are things that, People, you know, need now, you know, because it's, it, they are feeling so much pain and they want to kill that pain. But a vitamin, PVC, I, I, I can't remember how, how, how often any of us here take our vitamins. Mm. Though vitamins are very important, you know, but most of us don't take it. And that was, that's because we do not understand, the, we don't see the importance or the value. So make sure that you, you, whatever you're creating, the value is clear to people. They can see the value without you having, you having to spend five hours explaining. And I always use this example to people. There was this, there's this, uh, there was this, uh, app back in the day called Twickware. So what Twickware did was that it was helping people to browse without a valid internet. And now the person who created this Twickware was some developer in Abbas, in Abia, Abba, you know, Abba, Abia, Abia State, right? This guy doesn't have much money, but he was able to create a, 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 a software that had over a million downloads. Why? Because when he tells you, you have, you don't have internet, uh, download my, 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 uh, my software. And you'll be able to browse for free. People knowing how expensive data is in Africa, you know, everybody was downloading and everybody was, you know, using one terabyte of data, you know, every month without having to spend much, you know, money on it. Before you know, somebody was telling somebody else about the, you know, about the, the product, and that's how everybody knew about it. And it had over a million downloads. And so you want to be that product that you, you do not have to beg people to use you. People already know the value that they have. And so when they use your product, they are always telling people about it. And ask yourself one question: the product I'm, I'm building is it that is that is it that kind of product that can that can be spread by word of mouth? Not the kind of product that you have to beg. You know, begging when you begin to beg people to use your product, it means that there is something wrong. It's either you don't mm. understand the value you're offering, or you are speaking to the wrong people. You know, because when you're speaking to the right person, they already understand you know the value. Like if you're speaking to me about web hosting. When they need this thing can help you to you know to host your, your platform you know and with unlimited uh, bandwidth but it's just fifty dollars per month i'll be excited right but if you're speaking to a non-developer about it he makes it, it makes it makes no sense to him or her that means that you're speaking to the wrong person you have the right value but you're speaking to the wrong person 
So you have to understand, you have to have two things, you know, you have to know the value that you're offering. But you need to know, understand who will find that value important and then you need to speak to them, you know. So understanding, who, knowing who your target customers are is very important to the growth of any business, you know. Having a, a business, you don't know your target customers, you end up, you know, chasing the wall. It's just like when you're looking for a musician on LinkedIn and you're look, looking for a professional on TikTok, you know, it's, it's, it's that crazy. You would not be able to find them and then it's like you're just moving around in a circle. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Amazing expositions. Thank you so much, Chidi. Um, one other question that this births is, you know, after now that we know how to solve these problems and we know who, who our target audience are, so how, do you, how, how can the undergraduate community position themselves to create an ecosystem, right, that directly makes sure that all of the things we're building, either solving social causes or building actual products, has a direct impact on the outlook of our economy? Right. How do we position ourselves as a community to make sure that we're a part of that conversation? Well, I, I think one of the, 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 the main thing that uh, students have to do is that they need to, they don't have to wait until they are out of school to be able to create a network for themselves. Mm. You know, these days I see, when I go to LinkedIn, I only see professionals. However, I believe that students should be on LinkedIn. They should be there looking for internship, looking for something, you know, they should be there already creating that ecosystem for themselves, you know, because you're as powerful as your network. You know, you're as powerful as, as, as the people that surround you. You know, the moment you, so like, I usually, I don't know if, if I had a, a, a video here, I would have showed it to you, or a picture, I would have showed, showed it to you. So a circle uh, surrounded by similar sizes of circle is a big circle. But that circle surrounded by bigger circles is small. So you realize that the people that surround you make, you know, changes the perception you have. If you surround yourself by people that are, are, are like you, or as big as you are, or as small, are smaller than you are, you always feel good. You feel that you're, 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 you're comfortable, you're fine. But you know, when you surround yourself with people that are bigger than you, that have, you know, that have done things you know, ahead of you, you realize that you are always forced to keep growing. So as students, you know, if you want to solve, solve things, look for people that have done it before, you know, done it already. Because I always say that success can be replicated. Speak to whoever has done it. Like, for example, I have a friend who wanted to, you know, get into Western World Fellowship. So he reached out to me and he said, I want to join. I want to get into this fellowship. And I said, okay, I can help you. I helped him to review his, you know, his, his application. I helped him to speak about, you know, to think about what he's going to speak about. And eventually he got into the program. Why? Because he reached out. He tried to create a network. So students should, if they want, you know, if you want to solve something, you cannot do it on your own. Le learn to understand that you can do it on your own. If you're trying to, you know, achieve something in great. As entrepreneurs, we know that obviously we always have that nat natural inclination to want to do things on our own. But the truth is that you can never achieve anything great on your own. So right now, start building a network, start building a, a con connection of people, people that are bigger than you, people that are ahead of you, people that have done it be you know, before you, right? Or if you want to do something, uh, you want to get people together, speak to Tony, he has done it before, right? You know, do not be, you, you cannot get water from a desert. You cannot, you know, get good from bad. So you cannot get, uh, motivation from people that are mediocre, right? You, so if you're trying to achieve something, mm. try and meet people that have done it. People that, you know, that like I have, I had this friend of mine, will I say friend, but he wrote a motivational book about having to make money. And I was surprised because he didn't, he, he doesn't have money. And I said, how would you write a book about making money when you haven't made money? You know, it's, it's crazy, right? And so <laughs> it's, yeah. So it's whenever you're trying to do something, you know, you're trying to read something online, try to understand who wrote it. It's very important who wrote something. True. You know, True. do not read, don't read everything you see because you can be reading something by, from someone who just heard, heard it from, you know, from, from Chidi or something and misinterpreted it. So make sure mm -hmm. that you read, when you're reading something, ask yourself a question, who wrote this, who wrote what, whatever I'm reading? Try and do a background check to be sure that whatever mm. information you're reading is authentic because if you're feeding yourself bad things, you know, you are always, you are as good as what you take in. So when you're reading back, you know, you're not reading quality information. You're always going to be, you know, bring out non-quality uh, output. So always be careful what you take in as a, as a student, because at this age, you are very, very keen. You know, you always, you learn faster than me. I don't, these days I can't even cram. I can't even cram anything. My brain is so filled with business and figures. And so right now you guys are <laughs> so, you know, so easy. You can easily learn. So learn as much as you can learn right now. Because one day you get to my age, I'm 30, and then your brain begins to lag, and you're like, I'm tired. I, I don't think properly. So, you know, at this age, you learn as much as possible. Meet, meet as, as much people as possible. Try to create connections. 
if you're if there's an event, try and attend the event. And don't be too, don't wait at the at the side corner waiting for someone to come say hi to you at an event. No, go to people and say hello to them. Try to you know meet them and ask them, you know, what do they do and tell them what you do, you know, just create that that circle around you because trust me, people make people, not money. Money don't make people, people make people, trust me. Awesome. Awesome point. You know, I really love that, you know, each answer keeps birthing the same questions I wanted to ask, you know, and most of the points you, you stated were also, you know, um, outlined in the publication, right? Talking about um, the opportunity stage, right? Where students will start to, you know, create market opportunity by reaching out, right, to those ahead of them, you know, replicating the lives that they want. So awesome, awesome points made. Thank you so much, TD. Um, so I think, uh, okay, that's the end of that session. So the last and final session for today, can you see Timely and on, on, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I to, yeah. Awesome. So, um, one. So the, the last question is what we call the the actual forum, right? Where we just want to tackle one major issue, right? Which is, okay, now we've learned how to evaluate problems, right? Either social or actual business, right? And our participation in the in the economies that we actually start, right? So, how do we actually? get stakeholders on board, you know. Um, in, in the publication, I discussed that the undergraduate community was, you know, was very marginalized in this conversation about Africa's economic outlook, right? And now, you know, listening to you, we're inspired to create and all of that, right? And listen to your story also. You apparently are good at negotiation, right? Like how you negotiated your first website being hosted on another person's website, you had to build and all of that, right? So the one final question is, what are the essential milestones that we as an undergraduate community have to actually um, um, get to before we can join in this conversation about defining the future of Africa's economic outlook? Can, can, can you repeat the question, please? I, I, I think I lost you for a, for a moment. Okay, yes, I'm saying how can, what are the milestones? Like what are the, what are the, what are the um, goals or what are the, the first set of things we have to achieve, right, as an undergraduate community, before we can start engaging stakeholders in this our economic ecosystem, right, to start joining in on the conversation that we should participate in how we shape the economic outlook of Africa in the future. See, for, what are the milestones well, that we have to, to to reach? Personally, I I I think there's nothing that has to be done, and I will explain to you why. Because I I when I see students, I do not see students I, I, students are like everybody you know mm. it's and i think it's the way you see it that matter right if you see yourself as a student then you're a student i'm i when i started entrepreneurship i did not look my, as myself as a student i saw myself as an entrepreneur mm. i removed the student wow. i was an entrepreneur that's all i knew you know i was creating a business the only difference was that i was creating a business while i was going to school because that's the only difference mm. you know and so mm. if you are an undergraduate and you want to be part of the decision you have to kick the door down and, and, and get in. People will not open the door for you. You have to like kick it down and move in. You know, so if you want to achieve whatever you want to achieve, you want to be part of the decision, you have to make people understand that you are worth it, that you are worthy. You know, it's just like mm. when you do something amazing and then people say, okay, this guy is good. Can you come sit down on the round table? You know, you have to end your seat on the round table. And the only way you can do that is by doing something amazing. You don't say, oh, I have to, you know, the maybe they have to teach entrepreneurship in school because I don't even think that entrepreneurship taught in school is entrepreneurship because most entrepreneurship <laughs> taught in school has to be, you know, you mm. need to go out. Classroom is different True. from the real world. The real world will hit you so you bad. You have to get your hands dirty. Mm. Exactly. So the real world is different from whatever. What works for you might not work for somebody else. And so when someone says, oh, do this, do that, do this, it might not work for you. So the best way to know if something works for you is to go out there and do it yourself. And do it. And so mm. I don't think that the educational system has to achieve any milestone to get students, you know, to be part of the decision or to, you know, to, to create change. Students, I, I already today. know so many students, I already know students right now doing amazing things. I already know so many students doing amazing things right now. And the reason why I was mm. because students, they saw themselves as change makers. They knew that they are entrepreneurs. The only difference between them and someone who is, who is in the real world is that they are also studying. And so that's how I saw myself too. I saw myself that awesome. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a student. I'm an entrepreneur first, then I'm a student later. You know, so mm. the way you see yourself is what matters. So do not say I'm a student entrepreneur. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a type of word used these days. Oh, student entrepreneur. But trust me, you're an entrepreneur. You're not a student entrepreneur. You are also awesome. a, you're also part of the ecosystem. 
And so it's awesome. your job to kick down mm. the kick down the you know the door and tell them that you exist. Speak about yourself. Tell them that you are. Talk about awesome. your story. You know, do not exactly. Mm. Yeah. Do not, if you say uh it's as a is a saying that a friend told me once while I was at you know university he said to me, say you are and people will say you are. So it first has to start with you. You know, you say I am, then people will then say you are. You know, so as a student entrepreneur, say you are an entrepreneur. Forget about the student. You're not a student. When you're an entrepreneur, you're not a student. And when you're a student, you're not an entrepreneur. And so always know that I'm mm. an entrepreneur and it's my job to achieve whatever I want to achieve. Solve problems. And it's not, yes. you're not too young to achieve whatever you, you have to achieve. Mark, you know, Mark Zuckerberg built Facebook while, you know, still at the university. So you are not too young to do whatever you're doing. I know so many Nigerians, Nigerian students doing amazing things right now. And so if you're waiting, thinking that maybe, oh, they have to be some business plan competition that, that will give me some money to start my business or how to work for Tony Lumelius money, you know, mm. I, I, can, I can assure you that, that you're not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are ready to bootstrap and take the risk. They're ready to mm. fall down a thousand times and stand up again, you know. So awesome. if you're an entrepreneur, you know, how you know you're an entrepreneur is that you're ready to start right now and that right you're now. not going to, mm. you do, and you don't see yourself as a student. Student or not student, you're an entrepreneur and that's all I know. So, you, you know, jump on the wagon, start, start right now and I'd love to see you do something amazing too. Wow, this has been amazing. You're an amazing guy. Wow, thank you so much. It's been really interesting, right? Um, we've kept the time. Um, so we're just going to have your concluding statements. And I'm going to end it with, you know, one question, right? So as I, as I said in the email, right, I love that you tackled entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, right? It was beautiful because this is going to be watched by a lot of other people that are not here right now, right? But on the call right now and within the Venture Matrix Leaders Program, we have leaders of undergraduate communities. Most of them are not actually entrepreneurs, but they are stakeholders in this conversation because, of course, if the leadership doesn't buy into the need for change, how do we want to cause change within that environment, right? So one thing that I would like us to quickly address before we round up today's session is um, how do we inspire or how do we lead a generation of innovators, right, within our universities, right? And then the second question that I would like to answer with that is what are the defining characteristics of innovators that will lead change for the future of Africa that we so desire? So let me quickly simplify that for you, right? There are leaders here, right? So how do we inspire leaders to drive change within their local community and create an environment for actual innovators that want to actually create solutions, right? What do, what do, how do leaders need to think? What do they need to do, right? Student leaders who are class reps or head of departments or sorry, head of uh, clubs or communities and all of that, right? And what are the defining characteristics of innovators that will lead the future of Africa from today? Then we can round up the session. Is so that clear me, enough? Uh, yeah, I think I think I got it. So let me see if I can if I understood. So for me, I think that leaders need to as your leader. When you're a leader, that means that people look up to you. That means that you're in a position of 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 influence. And so you need to start promoting the right things. While I was at Unilag, awesome. Uh, people were promoting the wrong things. You know, when you get out, people are always promoting parties, the next school party, the next beach party, and that was what leaders were doing at that moment. They were promoting parties. You know, rather than promoting change, rather than promoting uh, creativity. So if you're a leader and maybe you're, you find yourself in a position of influence, you can say something and people can listen to you. Why don't you use your voice to be able to encourage people, to be able to drive change, you know, to be able to, like, for example, I, I think it's, it's not even, uh, this is not even a thing of students. It's also a thing of, of, of the entire, you know, the entire ecosystem. Like, it, I'm not saying that Big Brother is bad, but I'm surprised about the energy that's being put into Big Brother. And then not, not equal energy is being put into entrepreneurs that are trying to you know, actually create wealth for the nation. And so you know, mm. if you're in a position of influence, you should start changing that narrative. It's your job to change the way people, you know, you know, what people you know, actually you know, begin to crave after. You know, try and promote uh, creativity and not mediocre, you know, mediocrity. You know. Try and promote what, you know, what will actually you know, create change for Africa. Because to be sincere with you, when you go outside the, the, the country and the continent, Nigerians are not properly, we don't, they don't think much about Nigerians. And when I say it, and not I, properly I, represented. Yeah. I'm speaking from experience, you know, I've traveled to so many countries and it's so amazing the way people think about Nigeria. And, you know, it's, we have so much bad reputation and I think it's our, time, it's our, it's our job to change that narrative. And it, it, can, it, doesn't, it can be changed by only those at the top. It, 
it should also be changed by people at the bottom too. You know, I, I usually say that the most problem with Nigeria is not the leaders, but also the people, the, the citizens of Nigeria. We are our problems too. You know, it's I, 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 the way I, the, when I come to this country sometimes, I'm always scared. You know, I'm always saying, like, what's the future? You know, because people are taking opportunities of everything. You know, COVID happened. People were trying to make money out of it. You know, uh, um, try, they try to increase the transportation. And when everything got back to normal, they never brought it down. You know, people are trying to exploit uh, people. Right. It's really annoying. Yeah. Really annoying. And so these are the things More that value are systems. happening in, in, the, in our country. People are trying to exploit the other people. Uh, the other person trying to you know try to cheat the next person you know we're not thinking about how we can help ourselves and so mm. if innovate you know that's what innovators have to do you know and that, i think that's, that's what what the word innovate you know innovators is all about trying to help your other person waking up in the morning and not thinking about yourself thinking about the next mm. person thinking about how you mm. can change you know the, the life of somebody else how you can create impact you know and i always mm. tell people that think about impact first create impact mm. first money, impact. money will come along forget about awesome. money first Try and impact people's life. Trust me, the money will come. You know, don't be thinking about how you can make money. How you, you know, making money, if you're driven by money, obviously you end up doing something illegal or wrong. But when you're always thinking mm. about impact and change, you realize that you're not driven by the money. You're always thinking about how you can better the life of your people, yourself. And you know, you're not always thinking about yourself. Recently, I started uh, the fellowship program. When I, when, I, when I started the program, yeah, I realized yeah, that I was going to spend, I, I, I realized I was going to spend a lot of money my own personal money. And I was asking myself a question, I'm going to spend so much money doing this thing. Why don't I charge, you know, the entrepreneurs who are going to be selected? And eventually I said to myself, I want to create impact. I, you know, I'm going to use, I'm going to use my money. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, as long as I'm able to change the life of somebody, I'm fine. And so I made the program a completely free program because I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about somebody, you know, I'm thinking about uh, the person, you know, in, 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 a, in a remote village who wants to actually become an entrepreneur, who wants to learn, but don't have the money you know if i'm putting if i'm putting a money factor to it how am i going to reach out to that person and so i said to myself mm. i want to you know reach even the undeserved and so i said to myself i'm gonna make it free and so that's what innovators have to think about don't be always thinking about money or money all the time yes money is good it makes you it makes your business sustainable but try as much as possible to have that heart give your business that heart whatever what you're mm. trying to do make it make, make sure it has a heart you know it had to change people's life it, it had to make a difference and trust me, one day you'll be surprised how the money will come. You know, the money will come eventually, trust me. You know, sometimes I, I remember when I started, I started Logbook with my twin brother, we were always wondering how, how we were going to make money. We were, but we were, we were so, we had so much happiness or satisfaction, you know, doing what we were doing. And eventually one day we got a call from, from Blackberry saying they want to, you know, run a million dollar, camp, a, a million dollar campaign on our platform. And we made a lot of money. And so it was after impact, the money came, right? And so that's how you should think as an innovators. Forget about the money. Focus on creating change for your for your country, and do not only focus on making on on growing or, or becoming a better person. Try and think about helping other people. Let me explain to you why the importance of raising the, the other man is why it's so important, and why you know it's important to you know lift your brothers up. It's very important, and let me explain to you why. If you create, if you are you 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 are known for doing something amazing, you're just one person. You're not. It's not many. And so when people think about Nigerians, they say, um, Nigerians, are, uh, they're dubious people. They're really, they're not good people. However, there's this one person, his name is Tony. He's good. But now if Tony decides that I want to help other people achieve greatness just the way I, I achieved greatness, and he, he helps about a thousand entrepreneurs achieve greatness too, eventually the world will not say um, Nigerians are bad, and, but there's only good, one good person. They, the world will say, oh, Nigerians are so many amazing people. We have to, and we have a lot of them, you know, you know, so they lose count of the amazing people that comes from your country. So mm -hmm. helping your brother helps you as, helps you as, as a person too. It helps, you know, change the single story that the world, the rest of the world thinks about us. The, world, the rest of mm -hmm. the world think, you know, there's a single story about Nigerians. We are corrupt. We are greedy. We are, uh, we are violent. And so when you help your next neighbor to get to that point of greatness, as you have gotten to that point of greatness, you collectively change that perception about, about your people. And when you go out to these nations, they begin to see positive things about you because you did not only help yourself, you helped other people. So as an, an innovator, don't think about achieving greatness. It's not enough if you don't help other people achieve the same greatness too. Wow, amazing, amazing. I know we said that was the last one, but you know, this, this comment you just made about impact before profits, just it, it demands that I ask this question before you go, please. So the thing is, you know, 
it has been a it has been an ongoing conversation, right, between social innovators and you know innovators. I mean, innovators who are like for profit, for, for profit. You know, the guys who you know they are making the money. That's what they are in for, right? And the guys who want to do social impact and all of that is how do you bridge the gap between that time when you are just creating impact and there's no actual value coming into your pocket? Right, I know that yeah. question is going to be tough. <laughs> and then the actual time where you know maybe you are you, you become worthy of grants, you become worthy of because the thing with the venture matrix is even though it is built on the foundations of business principles and entrepreneurship principles, it is still very socially focused on solving social local problems with global solutions. Right. So how do we navigate that long, that seemingly long journey between when we are creating impact? And when we are actually um, now seeing uh, some form of value in terms of money and, and the rest? Yeah, that's a very tricky question, but I will answer it regardless. So I always say something to people I meet. I say, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? And so when you're trying to do something difficult or you're trying to do something that is so hard to go through, always know that you're preparing yourself for greatness. Greatness is ahead. If not, it's going to, it's going to be so easy. So as a person, you know, when you're trying to, you're starting a business, you're trying to create a social impact venture and you're using your money to do it. It's okay. I know sometimes you might be broke and you might question the reason why you do what you're doing. Trust yeah, me, so, you question yeah, it a lot of times. All the time. And yeah. sometimes you might not even get the recognition that you deserve. But I think yeah. it's, it's your job to pat yourself at the back and tell yourself you're doing a great job. You know, you do not have to wait until people say you're doing a great job before you know you're doing a great job. You know, awesome. keep, you know, you know what you're doing. You know, you know the lives you're, you're 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 impacting. Keep doing whatever you're doing. You know, the money. Uh, you might run out of money a couple of times. I've seen so many entrepreneurs run out of money, stop their or pause their business, then go in and do something else, make money, and then come back. It has happened a lot of times. You know, I've done it in in the past before. You know, when you're running your business, you run out of cash, you go into the real world, make some money, then come back again and continue your passion. But uh, you can, being an entrepreneur does not mean you cannot keep a nine to five job. I always tell people that, do not say that. You can keep a nine to five job and still be an entrepreneur. You know, it's just priority, you know, create that priority. I, I, I remember doing an Acumen Fellowship uh, seminar in Sierra Leone. I was speaking to a fellow Acumen fellow and he was like, he, he does not want to leave his, he, he does not want to leave Unilever because he makes a lot of money there. But he wants to do more. And he wants to create a, a, a social impact venture. And I told him not to leave Unilever. Use the money that you get from Unilever as your finance or your funding for your, for your business. And the moment it begins to you know, take shape and you know, begin to show uh, so much signs of you know, post-revenue, then you can leave. You know, but to get grants, you need to have created some form of traction. And that's the truth. Nobody's ready to give you their money if they don't, if they don't know what you've done already. Because the reason why organizations giving you grants want to know what you've done is because you know, if you tell them, okay, I've used, I've spent $1,000 of my money and this is what I was able to achieve. It gives them an idea what their money will do for you because if $1,000 of your money was able to achieve this, then $10,000 of their money will do more for you. And so it's normal if they want to know that you've done something. So, you know, go through that fire, that sacrifice. And the truth is that you're not, the, entrepreneurs are not the only people that go through, go through that fire. Musicians are one, you know, I've met musicians a lot. You know, I, I run a startup called that, that works with musicians. Musicians go through even worse. You know, musicians, you know, they create music, you know, shoot musical videos, they put it out there, they pay people to listen to their music, pay people to promote their music, but they keep doing it because they know that eventually one day everything is going to make sense. And so as an entrepreneur, take that that clue from musicians. See the way that they they, they spent 10 years of, of you know sacrificing. I heard that. When Davido, Davido was, you know, was once an up-and-coming musician, he used uh, an up-and-coming musician. He used to pay people to sing at their concerts, and I was surprised. How would you pay people to sing at your concert? That was because he understood what, you know, he understood where he was going to. He knew that I'm paying you to sing at your concerts right now, but in the future you pay me millions and millions more than how much I've given to you to sing at this concert, in, you know, in, in the nearest future. So at the moment, you know, try and do as much as possible. What you have to do and understand that it might, success might not come now but it come eventually trust me uh, if it comes if easy come easy go if it comes so easily it will go so easily so when something takes so, so much time to come to you always understand that it's going you know it's going to be more permanent 
and like I'm so I, I'm sorry to even to say this, but some people might say, "Oh, you you speak you talk about the Bible a lot." Trust me, Chidi, I I I I. I owe a lot of my success to God and my conversation with God and my personal relationship with God. And so in the Bible, there's a part in the Bible that says that money, you know, gotten gradually over a period of time is better than riches, you know, gotten at once. And so understand that when you're going through things gradually, it's just a way of showing you that, you know, it will, you know, what, what, whatever you're building is permanent. And so, yeah, just keep doing it. And one day, you know, everything will all make sense to you. Trust me. Wow, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for being so truthful and vulnerable with us. Uh, it has been an amazing time with you. Um, yes, we're still very much on time. Yes, I hope I hope it has been as, as exciting for you as it has been for me. And uh, the comment section is full. Wow, there are a lot of comments. Um, so thank you so much, Chidi. Um, it was really, it was really fun. So of course, so I'll provide the, the recording of the video to you and um, other people will get access to this, right? Yeah. Um, Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. So you can okay. share. The, you can share the videos with me, and, and and then maybe I can share online later on in, in here. All right. Awesome. So, um, to conclude the session, right? Do you have any uh, parting words? Any parting words? Um, what is your what's your your final words to to these leaders who are going to be inspiring their communities to drive for change and you know negotiate their role, their position in shaping the future of Africa? What is your final statement to them? Yeah, my final statement would be that um, take advice, listen to advice, listen to feedback. Uh, you're not always right. Always understand that no matter what, no matter where you're, whatever position you are, no matter what you've, you've learned in the past, you're, you can always, you know, learn something new every day. So be open to learning. I always, I learn a lot every day. And I, only, I also understand that I can learn from a kid because, you know, there's something that a kid might know I don't know. So open, you know, always open to learn. And when people give you feedback, do not take it like criticism or and don't be angry about, you know, when people give you feedback. Uh, it's a way to help you grow. You learn the most from your dissatisfied customers. You know, when people are saying, oh, you're amazing, you're the best, you're the best, you can't learn, you can't, you can't improve that way. The best people that help you to improve are those that tell you, oh, you did good, but I think you can even do more. You can do this, you can do that, you can do this. So try and, you know, whenever you, you people tell you, you know, give you feedback and tell you, especially harsh feedback, like, uh, I don't think you're there yet. You know, I, I don't think you're doing this right. You know, always be happy, you know, to be around those kind of people. They're the people that are pushing you forward to be, becoming even better. And yeah. like my twin brother is the person that always push me every day. He always tells, he always tell me that Chidi, you are not there yet. You know, he always tell me you're not popular enough. And, and so I always say to myself, you know, I, I'm always, I, I, I like surrounding myself with people that don't see me as that Messiah or that God. I always surround myself with people that are ready to question whatever I do or, you know, give me harsh feedback. And so you as a person, if you want to grow, always be around people that are always, you know, ready to tell you the bitter truth and always push you forward. And yeah, and trust me, uh, someday uh, you'll be here talking, up, you know, you'll be here talking and not listening. Trust me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chidi, for that. Uh, I think I see some comments saying, oh, how do we connect with you? Yes, uh, Chidi is on every platform. <laughs> Just yeah. type in Chidi, it will go and his name will pop, right? But um, I think he's going to give a special recognition to people who send him invites, telling him that they were from the from the Venture Matrix Leaders Program uh, or something, right? So you can you can always connect to Chidi. He's very he's very online. He's very visible online. <laughs> Thank you so much for sparing some of your time with us, uh, Chidi. It has been an amazing time with you. Um, I cannot thank you enough, right? So have a great day. Enjoy the rest you of too, the You too, brother. Week. Stay safe. All right. Bye. All right, you too. Yeah, bye. All right, everyone.